Thanks for joining us today on the Comic Syllabus, where we read widely and dig deep in the worlds of comics and graphic novels. Um, I'm Paul, I'm an English teacher trying to bring some perspective um, from comics in and out of the classroom into our reading of these wide-ranging works that we get to um, enjoy as, as comics fans, um, all at our fingertips. Um, this week we're reading Snow Angels, a comicsology original series that's written by Jeff Lemire and drawn by, with art by Jock. Um, Snow Angels is now three issues into its second season and it can be read on Comixology or Comixology Unlimited if you are one of those like I am. <laughs> and uh, after we talk about Snow Angels, we'll move into our polybag segment um, where we talk about some new comics and shops. And um, there I'll talk about Ascender number 18 written by, let's see, let me check here, Jeff Lemire. <laughs> with art by Dustin Nguyen from Image Comics, which came out this this past week, um, this past Wednesday. And then from the week before, I want to talk about um, a another spinoff series from um, Dark Horse's uh, awesome world of Black Hammer, The Unbelievable Unteens number one, which is, uh, checking my notes here, written by <laughs> Jeff Lemire <laughs> with art by Tyler Crook. Um, <laughs> So unexpectedly, inadvertently, I wound up with an all Jeff Lemire episode today and the things that I was going to talk about. Uh, it just happened that Ascender is coming to its, you know, um, incredible culmination. And The Unbelievable Unteens was my favorite um, book of the last, of the past week. And I happened to dip into Snow Angels and all of a sudden found myself back in the corner because Mr. Lemire is everywhere, and so we'll talk about those books as well as um, uh, get into a little bit of uh, where we're going, the road ahead for the comics of this. So let's let's dig deep. We're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach, and I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Um, many shout-outs to uh, MultiversityComics.com, where, uh, as you heard, you can hear, pick up other great podcasts like Robots from Tomorrow, or the DC3 cast, or Make Mine Multiversity, as well as finding great new really quite found it to be something that is at home at a place like Image or Boom or, or Vault or whatever. Um, I felt a little bit of trepidation because the, you know, the, the creative capacities of folks like Kurt Byers or Scott Snyder who just inked a big deal to do a whole bunch of stuff with Comixology Originals or certainly somebody like Jeff Lemire uh, were never in doubt for me. It was just that I wondered of the large array of projects that they have in mind, which ones would find their way to 
you know, a, a, a newly launched publication outlet like Comixology, although certainly, you know, well-heeled and, and deep pockets of, you know, corporate resources from the likes of Amazon. I, I just, you know, there's something about the spirit of comics being very underground or very, um, the, you know, straight out of the bullpen or, or kind of um, from the inky minds of the unpaid creators straight into our hands. That just feels like it flies in the face a little bit of, you know, Amazon. And so I really didn't know how to feel about this series that started to pop up there. They seem to have a lot of the countercultural trappings of, you know, what great comics do. Um, but really, how good would they be? Um, it certainly was a get, as it is for many different publishers, when they can bring Jeff Lemire into the fold. And um, maybe an even splashier get to have an artist like Jock. Um, and when Snow Angels first started to debut um, well, over a year ago with a zero issue that I'm sort of teased, you know, if you're still not a Comixology Unlimited subscriber or I think Amazon Prime readers also get access to these, I'm not sure, for free. Or of course you can plunk down the whatever $2.99 cover price or whatever uh, for these issues. Um, you get to have this, uh, wow, intriguing, you know, white out looking book that Jeff Lemire and Jock are, are exclusively releasing on Comixology Originals. Um, and so of the titles that Comixology Unlimited had on offer as, you know, originals, Snow Angels was the most intriguing to me um, thus far. You know, a few weeks ago, I talked about um, Adora and the Distance. Um, many, and that too, um, coming to us through Comixology Originals. And then, as I mentioned before, and as I'll touch on at the end of this episode, uh, know that Scott Snyder has, is bringing a ton of his sort of independent creative energies in partnership with different artists and, and collaborators to a bunch of Comixology Originals titles. And so there are just, there are things going on there. And I think they speak to the creative control as well as the, um, the financial investment that companies are giving to directly to creators to lure them away from what, you know, they can see is an arcane system of corporate um, management um, ownership over these storytellers and these artists' creations. Um, and, and so certainly the things that, that we see coming through Comixology Originals are a mixed bag, which is to be expected. But I think what's so interesting to me about Jeff Lemire, not only his, um, his just sort of super prolific uh, work habits. <laughs> it's just able to spin out so many stories. He had Sentient over at TKO and at the same time, you know, wrapping things up with Marvel and DC and then the world, world, the universe of Black Hammer and, you know, Royal City going on in Image and new things of Sweet Tooth. There's just so much 
productivity from his imagination. And, uh, and I've always liked this stuff. I mean, since Essex County, Essex County had been a, a Jeff Lemire fan. And even the stuff that, you know, people were kind of lukewarm about. I've always been able to see something, um, you know, the same threads of uh, familial sentiment and, you know, the gut-punching grief of loss, um, our yearnings for father figures or mother figures, um, how those weave into, or, you know, the kinds of um, devastating circumstances that a sci-fi story or a fantasy story or a horror story can um, put characters into. And then for that to strike, you know, at these dimensions of our humanity and at our ex exaltation of heroes, it just, Lemire has always had um, an incredible storyteller's knack. And um, to me, the volume of stuff just proves it. Um, he has these tones that are familiar and specific and so very Lemire. And yet, um, each of his deposits into different genres with different publishers and different formats, he seems to find a way to make them sing, to make them work. And, and I, I admire that. Um, and I think he's done the same here in partnership with Jock, with Snow Angels. Now, Snow Angels is a series about um, sort of semi-near future Arctic environment. Um, and there's a place called The Trench, and there's a father and two daughters, and there are three very firm rules uh, to their life that they've made, their very small and simple life. They are seem to be aware of other humans, but they're not in the picture. Basically, it's about survival for these three in this, you know, icy um, trench. Um, and the three rules are, sir, don't kill humans, uh, make more mutants. No, I'm kidding. The, <laughs> the rules are about how the trench supplies everything and that uh, there is no human safety or life beyond the trench and so on. They're clearly set up to keep these two daughters um, safely nestled in this place. Of course, that all gets blown up. That's how the story happens. And now we're into the second arc of what I think I read somewhere is a planned 10-issue run. That's correct. Um, the first season was four issues. The second season now that we're into is in its third issue. So that math doesn't really quite work out for me, but somehow or another we're uh, now seven issues in and, and veering toward the end. And, and you can tell because um, without spoiling things, the story is getting expansive. We're, we're kind of um, like getting beyond the, uh, you know, the, the Chekhov's gun going off or the, the shoe, the other shoe that we were waiting to drop. Um, and now a world that begins really, really small is getting bigger. And for, for um, if you've read, again, going back to Essex County or Sweet Tooth, you know that Lemire has this way of honing in with like deep, sensitivity on the condition of a very tight familial bond you know a father and son or a surrogate father and a, and daughter or brothers who are estranged and reconnected 
or in this case, a, a father and the two daughters and his intense um, effort for them to survive. Be Lemire tells stories that often begin in this place. And what Jacques does is, um, oh, what an incredible artist, has this way of so using a spare, kind of brushy, scratchy quality with plenty of negative space, which in a lot of his uh, you know, collaborations with Scott Snyder, for instance, make heavy use of darkness. But here in Snow Angels kind of flips it to the photo negative. And um, because we're surrounded by snow, just blankets this thing with vast spaces of, you know, sheets of ice or um, terrains, mountains and hills that are just seemingly endless uh, and a kind of desert of uh, like Arctic terrain. And then, you know, the sort of Frank Miller-esque um, sleet and rain and snow falling that just give the environment this beating drum of drama. Um, Jock kind of employs all that um, and so rather than the kind of haunting darkness that we're used to, we get to see this, um, like, this, this sort of icy history. Um, which is fantastic. And, and again, I alluded to, to Whiteout, if you're familiar with that, or you know, other stories of the genre um, set in the uh, unforgiving snow. That's, uh, that's what we get here visually. And um, as this world is expanding, and as we kind of um, bring the family bond to a crucible, and then we have to figure out this sort of desperate circumstances of what we do next, Again, these very Lemire typical situations. Um, we're now at a point where the bigger world outside um, is presenting some interesting questions about how we've gotten here. And if I know Jeff Lemire's work, he's not going to be too interested in answering those questions from a, a scientific perspective or a social evolution perspective. He is going to um, sort of present us the facts of that world, and we're going to feel the imminence <laughs> of those circumstances, you know, of tribalisms that arise because we are short on resources, or of um, the fear that makes us, on one hand, hold tight to each other, and on the other hand, um, feel like we have to betray bigger bonds if civility or stewardship. Um, ultimately, you know, when we're talking about an icy environment, I think there's a hint of the sense that we all feel that the world's uh, radical climate extremes are um, very much breathing down our necks. Um, and rather than extreme heat here, we're obviously in the places of extreme cold. Um, there's uh, a lot of uh, action in this book. There's a lot of suspense. Um, it feels taut. Uh, you can see the breath coming from characters' mouths and as much as it's filled with silent landscapes, there's always this feeling of something fearful um, on the horizon. And, um, and in the same way as the visuals 
kind of take advantage of lots of empty space and negative space. Lemire also has this, again, well-trained knack of pacing that um, just keeps it super exciting. Um, I think I kept trying to read the Zero Issue and the first issue of this series since I, you know, had it there for me on Comixology Originals. And uh, it, I, I, without more to go to, I, it never carried me so far. But now that we have, you know, these seven issues to, to, to go into, I think it's a good time. So um, if you can get your hands on Snow Angel, uh, Snow Angels from Comixology Originals, gotta recommend it from Lemire and and Jacques. Um, and having said that about, um, you know, Jeff Lemire's work with Comixology Originals with Jacques, um, we turn now to the polybag segment where we talk about some new comics and shops. And it's, you know, it's been a, a good time for me to um, sort of get toward the wrapping end of some series that I've been really, really excited about, you know. Um, so that the series Eve, uh, written by Victor Laval, who's I'm a huge fan of, um, and uh, Rambi's and, and Philippe Andrade's is Live the Star, and you know these various series from, uh, particularly from the non-big two publishers that I've been following for a number of months now, are coming to these really exciting points. Um, you know, this week for me saw the wrap up of Ranges the Divide, um, this series with. Uh, writer-artist Megan Huang, who also um, did the art for a, uh, a Dark Horse graphic novel written by Mike Richardson um, called Ja and the Nian Monster, uh, which which is, I just read with my daughter, which is really great, which is kind of a comics adaptation of some Chinese traditional folk tales and stuff like that. And Huang's art is just really off the charts beautiful. And... Um, and so Rangers of the Divide wrapped up and, and lots of things kind of come into a, a nice close. Um, but this past week, the book that I have been counting down toward was Ascender number 18. Um, and again, I don't want to spoil things. Um, I would love to have hear from some folks who would say, I want some deep talk. Let's, let's just rip off the spoiler band-aids and really get into it with Ascender, um, but I won't um, for, for all our sakes. Um, but um, Ascender 18 is is the end of this really quite long-running series now, one where the previous issues and volumes are already kind of collected into really nice deluxe hardcover type um, treatments from Image. Um, and Dustin Nguyen, who is um, a remarkably consistent artist for somebody who works like in watercolor. Um, the amount of control and the, just the truly one of a kind um, kind of environments and worlds that one is able to create with watercolors um, is just really kind of second to none and to me totally unique in comics. And so we have been treated now to this long running story that began with December. Um, and I'm gonna guess 2015, 2013, I don't know. <laughs> um, but December took us through, I'm guessing, I don't think it's 30 some issues. And then wrapped up, I remember the surprise announcement that it was wrapping up. And then um, sort of restarted with Ascender. 
and just some broad brush strokes if you're not familiar or if you're only loosely familiar as a reminder of what's going on in this to uh, yeah. to kind of pull you in and, and which, which all sort of comes to the culmination in um, Ascender 18, which is of course the end, the end of the run. Um, one of my favorite books, uh, one of my favorite ongoings. Um, but Descender was about Tim 21, 22. <laughs> I'm hesitating because there's both, um, but uh, and his, uh, you know, his Andy, his his Toy Story buddy, um, and his dog, and um, you know, and this relationship in the sci-fi future between humans and robots, and how the robots, in some ways, have run amok, in some ways, are prophesied to do some crazy universe conquering stuff. Um, is it the humans that are bad? Is it the aliens that are bad? Is it the robots that are bad? Um, it's all kind of up in the air in Descender, but um, all of it came to some, kind of a, a grand cataclysm at the end of Descender that funneled them into Ascender, where similar characters, but in very different points in the galaxies and in their lives, um, sort of pick up the story and the focus shifts from essentially a sci-fi epic to a fantasy epic because um, the, uh, I guess the politics of the moment um, turn this universe from um, is ruled by robots to ruled by magic. And now it's the interaction of magic and robots or, or technologies that um, all have come to a head in this arc called Starseed and ultimately have reached a denouement here and a closure in, in issue 18. Um, again, not giving too much away. I don't want to give give it away, but I just want to really entice you to, uh, to read it and pick up um, a sender, catch up if you're behind um, and celebrate in this moment because you know, it is a time, to be honest, when I feel so disappointed that there aren't these long-running series uh, as much for us to follow. You know, there's King Spawn and a bajillion years of stuff that I've long lost interest in. There's things that have the promise of returning and finishing, like Saga. There's things that are done and being reissued in color, like Walking Dead, but... Um, and then things that have fairly recently tied up their knots, um, like East of West, or are still ongoing, and you can see them heading toward their grand conclusions, like Deadly Class. Um, but to have Descender and Ascender have come out, yes, with a few pauses and breaks, but actually with quite a lot of consistency, not to have ever truly disappeared from the scene is a testament to, I think, the clarity of the story for Lumiere, I imagine. If it's anything like he describes, he probably wrote it all four years ago um, and uh, and really just had it sitting and waiting for um, Dustin Nguyen to, to bring it to life. Although from conversations with both that I've heard, there is a lot of uh, back and forth and a lot of um, sort of bowing and, and, and um, responding to each other's gifts and where they're taking the story between these two creators. So um, so I'm sure there was more of a conversation than just <laughs> Jeff writes the scripts four years ago and then, and then takes the time to, to draw them. But I just think that there's um, um, 
there's just such life to these characters, you know, be they robots or be they um, magical villains or be they um, innocent naifs, because Nguyen um, is able to okay, use that brushy quality to just generate such human and uh, soulful characterizations that um, match perfectly, I think, with how Lemire's stories, no matter how structurally complex or simple they are, no matter how globe or universe spanning their scope, always, always, always come down to essentially human bonds and people's longing for each other. Um, and, <laughs> you know, fathers and sons, um, and kids and their their animal companions. <laughs> and uh, and he just knows how to make that stuff sing. So um, so it's a, it's it's an achievement, and I'm you know happy to pick up the trades as I have been, and then uh, going to happy to redouble to um, get the big hard bounds of all the descender and ascender, and just can't wait to have that on the shelf. All kind of um, telling this 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 grand narrative um, that comes together really really nicely. So. Um, Ascender 18, pick it up if you are following month by month or, or if you're month <laughs> or whenever you get them and uh, or, or, um, or read digitally or however you, you get to it. Uh, we got treated to a great finale this week. Um, and meanwhile, last week, we got treated to a great start. Um, and the world of dark, uh, sorry, the world of Black Hammer continues to expand and um, Black Hammer, uh, actually some, some library edition Black Hammer stuff is, is coming my way, um, but it's been so fun to see um, these various spin-off series, uh, the kind of Eisner acknowledgement that Barbalian got, um, the, the you know, world of Black Hammer, the Black Hammer Vision stuff where, you know, different creators like Cesar Castellucci have been um, bringing their visions to these characters. Um, and now we get uh, The Unbelievable Unteens, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by, again, another incredible artist who, um, who has a style all their own and who um, managed to do something that fits perfectly. Uh, Tyler Crook um, on The Unbelievable Unteens issue number one from the world of Black Hammer. Um, so Lemire and Crook have worked together before and are working together on um, Colonel Weird Cosmogog series as well um, to um, just continue pushing out from these characters who you know we saw maybe a mention of in the original Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston um, Black Hammer series. Uh, and now these creators are taking these characters, the Unteens are very much um, Doom Patrol or X-Men, uh, early X-Men type of uh, characters. It's a superhero team of young weirdos. And um, at the beginning of this, and uh, man, just as I looked at these pages now, I just love looking at Tyler Crook's art. Um, again, you know, different from Dustin Nguyen, but 
similar in being one of a kind in this mix of the media and the style. Um, and, the, you know, Crook is able to take a story like Harold County, which is not usually the type of comics I, I, I like to read and make it impossible for me not to enjoy that art or to um, feel a kind of, you know, empathetic connection to the characters. Um, his, his art just, Crook's art just really does that for me. Um, and Unbelievable Unteens has us meeting two, uh, essentially in a comic book artist, uh, who she uh, she's drawing this superhero team and a member of that team <laughs> appears to her and essentially tries to convince her, uh, prove to her that uh, she was that character, <laughs> you know, that they actually existed. They're not just figments of her imagination and that, um, and that you know, now we need your help. Uh, I was able to find my way to you. So the cover, which um, has all of this sort of creepiness of, you know, if, if, if you felt like the New Mutants movie that um, didn't do so well this last year, but was at least trying to um, capture that sense from the Young Mutants uh, kinds of lines of books where there was this sense of like um, horrific and monstrous self-realization which is such a um, important fictional kind of encapsulation of adolescence right to discover your own monst monstrosity um, as a as a as a teen um, just your body's out of control you're um you you have the power to do these things that you don't know how to handle um, there's something grotesque about everything ugly in you and something um, sort of wondrous and uncontrollable, <laughs> uncontrollable about all the things that you can do now. All of a sudden, um, you know, the adolescence in a nutshell. And, and you know, that New Mutants movie, um, from what I can tell, I don't think I even really watched it. Uh, I just thought it was really interesting that it was sort of pitching the horror sense of you know, being young heroes. And I think Unbelievable Unteens is trying to ca catch that and capture that um, because I think within that horror is also a kind of awe and wonder, which is appropriate to the age as well. Um, so I um, I thought that the first issue was actually a little bit slow to get somewhere. Um, but like I said, with Snow Angels, like Lemire doesn't write, I feel like these barn burner issues, single issues that are um, trying to light the world on fire. He's clearly setting tracks for a longer uh, arc or direction um, and uh, not too interested in easy cliffhangers and hooks most of the time. Uh, he, he does employ that last page reveal now and then, but um, isn't as uh, reliant on them, I think. I think he he continues to, uh, or he and his collaborators tend to continue to try to wring every bit of the uh, human pathos out of very um, troubled circumstances or situations. And, and you know, here we have a, um, an unbelievable unteens, um, an artist who is, you know, faced with the unimaginable possibility that their crazy, you know, cast of teenage misfits with superpowers is in fact not just real, 
but is is actually her. Um, her name is even Jane, as a, <laughs> is there a clear allusion to um, the legacies of Doom Patrol and so on. Um, so uh, yeah, that was my favorite um, issue uh, of uh, indie, indie comics of last week. And like I said, I, I came to the end of uh, my lists and um, also I'm trying to look ahead to things that are coming up in the next couple weeks because I'd love to be able to just talk about stuff spoiler free because I already I already told y'all that I was gonna read it so so I mean uh sorry not spoiler free I'd love to just get into the nitty-gritty and just kind of be able to say oh I know y'all read it because I told you um but uh, I was looking at stuff coming up in the next coming weeks that I was excited about and one of them is May's book number one um coming soon from from Dark Horse um September 8th written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Um, and then another one that is on my pull list is Primordial Number 1 um, from Image uh, coming out September 15th in a couple weeks, um, three weeks or so. Um, also written by Jeff Lemire um, with Andrea Sorrentino. And so there's just some more good stuff coming from the hand, the pen, the, the mind of, um, of Mr. Lemire. And, uh, and we'll keep watching for that um, here in this space. Um, so yeah, let's, let's just keep reading, um, highly recommend to you Ascender and Descender. Um, I would say I'd give you a, a pretty firm thumbs up on Snow Angels with, uh, you know, wait and see how it, how well it wraps up. And then, um, I'm also super excited, um, about the unbelievable Unteens. And I would say if that's your thing, add it to your poll. Um, all right. Um, that's my... <laughs> my Lemiricism for the week, for the week. Um, but I want to spend a little bit of time now segueing to this podcast. Um, and um, apologies uh, that we are not a video podcast this week. We are audio only. Um, and what I've been doing this summer is trying to have segments roll out in video form. Uh, I've been tinkering. I've been experimenting, you know, trying to see um, in, in coming back from the um, the long pandemic pause, what this podcast um, is doing, what kind of role it, it serves in, in what I try to do um, in my life, profession, and so on. So with the school year starting, and as y'all know, I'm an educator, teach middle school, also teach teachers, uh, also teach people getting ready to be teachers in graduate school. Um, my my schedule is get, get, getting landlocked. and. So I'm going to um, transition comic syllabus to every other week, and we will show up here at uh, you know at your feed and at um, our home at multiversitycomics.com um, on Sunday mornings as we have been. Um, but um, it, you know one of the things that I think has been challenging is just that not only is doing this podcast this podcast is fun. I love the interaction. I love the connection. This is my what my way I find comics community with other avid readers and some of you are educators and some of you are also just aficionados and um, you know you have tastes that run as <laughs> as wide ranging and rampant as mine um, and, and so I thank you I love the interaction with you that's why I do this but um, it, it does cost quite a lot it costs quite a lot on um, expenses for you know podcast hosting and so on and um, as warm a home as multiversity has been, I've been really trying to think about how could this be sustainable? 
Um, I don't need it to sort of, <laughs> I don't need it to pay for my daughter's college, but I need it to stop taking away from my daughter's college savings fund to, uh, to afford the time and resources to do this. And so um, one recent phenomenon in comics that I've been watching with interest is that a bunch of creators have jumped over to Substack. Um, you know, uh, James Tynion IV, um, maybe most um, most uh, loudly, I think, leaving DC where he had, the, you know, turned down a chance to, uh, you know, long-term chance to helm Batman, the sort of, if there's a flagship book at DC, that's the one, right? Um, to instead make comics because of a substantial investment and ownership you know, share and everything that Substack was offering them. And, um, you know, I, I've been, I have all kinds of Substack subscriptions from people writing from all kinds of fields and, um, you know, was aware of the, uh, the, the controversy as well, that when they started to sort of have these starter infusion funds for various writers, that some of them were just um, not cool. And, and, you know, plat not only platforming them, but really kind of, uh, you know, seed money for them to, to publish at Substack um, was just not cool. And though I, I think I was really, you know, on one hand concerned and on the other hand interested in why and how, you know, someone like James Tynion IV and then Scott Snyder um, and then Molly Ostertag and Scott Young and Saladin Ahmed, um, and then, you know, Hickman, Mike Del Mundo, um, Mike Huddleston, uh, together with, you know, the likes of Ron B, and then Teen Howard, Leo Williams, Abida Ayala, etc., all announcing some kind of Chip Zdarsky, you know, um, either having launched or signaling their intentions to launch that Substack and working out all of the um, ethical quandaries and questions. I'm glad to be, um, you know, tangentially connected to a community, um, a medium, whatever, where creators are so conscientious, um, but um, they also, are, you know, Salad and Ahmed, for instance, in talking about, you know, well, what, what are your feelings about the, the Substack controversy? Um, it was very plain that, you know, or you if you are a person of conscience, if you recognize that the cost of oppression, say for um, you know those who uh, sometimes are the targets of the hate speech that um, people have charged Substack with supporting, uh, i.e., against um, trans folks or against Muslims, and uh, you know Salah and Ahmed really saying like we cannot cede the territory; we must exist here as well, and then use our efforts, divert our resources, as Ostertag has done in, in um, contributing profits to um, trans advocacy groups, things like that, to, um, and, you know, to do things on these fora, you know, in these places that take them back from the hate speakers. Um, I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting. And I'll also be frank, I just really like supporting a new comics initiative. And um, many of these creators, um, I, could, I could take relief, but other ones I would have a hard time leaving. So <laughs> I found myself um, trying out um, supporting some of them on Substack. 
and then thinking that maybe that is a place where uh, some American comics are going that is worth looking at. Um, I would not take my eye off the ball of, you know, the YA and middle grade graphic novel boom that's going on, um, nor off of um, the stuff I just continue to obsessively read and <laughs> invest myself into, um, be it on comics, so sorry, in uh, comics, comicsology, uh, unlimited, or DC Universe Infinite, or Marvel Unlimited, or the comic shop, or uh, whatever. So I will continue to talk about those, but I have um, started a Substack, Comic Syllabus, comicssyllabus.substack.com, and um, I am just tepidly testing the waters, if that's a place to go. Um, so uh, I wanted to start to throw that out here and invite you to check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes as well this week um, and see if it's something that is going to help make this work sustainable and maybe more importantly, help help me to be able to forge a community with some of y'all um, and have some dialogue. I mean, that's what this is about, right? That's what makes this rich. Um, so anyway, um, in sort of advancing that dialogue, um, and not necessarily connected to the Substack. I also would like in the fall, um, even though we're switching to every other week, for those every other week episodes to really have a lot of substance. And one of the things that um, some listeners have suggested, some of y'all have suggested, is that we do a long read together that I, you know, set out to, you know, create what I do all the time as an English teacher. Just pick a title, read it, make a schedule, you know. By the end of this month, on this date, we're going to finish this chapter together and then we'll book club it, you know, we'll talk about it. And so I, I would love to do that. I think it'd be really fun because if you know what I'm reading, I know what you're reading, we got a kind of a marking point, um, then I can weave in all of your thoughts and your insights, your pictures that you tweet at us or whatever, um, or, uh, or conversations we could have on Discord. I, is that thing? <laughs> Whatever. So on a Slack, on an email chain, um, we can weave those conversations into um, our, our shared enjoyment of that thing. So, how are we doing this? I threw a Google survey, Google form survey together, um, and asked just a few general questions. If you have ideas about a podcast or what's working for you, but I also want to put, I'm gonna do a little bit of a vote. So for all y'all out there who are listening, um, go to the, the link in the show notes to the, the Google form. Uh, I will not sell your data. Or your in fact, you, it's op totally voluntary and optional if you even want to say who you are or, and, uh, and how I could contact you. Um, but here are the four titles that I want to throw out as possibilities. And then let's spend the fall or maybe the first couple of months of the fall reading this together. Um, and you know, if you don't want to, then you can skip that stuff. Um, but here were the four. The first is Bone. Um, good old Bone by Jeff Smith um, from Cartoon Books. I have it in so many editions um, and uh, fell in love with it when he was trying to publish them in Image um, in single issues way back in the day. You know, now they're in color and now they're available in libraries everywhere. But um, at last, we're seeing an adaptation coming soon from, uh, on Netflix um, from Jeff Smith and Company. So um, I would love to do a reread of Bone. If that's your taste as well, you can vote for that. Um, second offering, second nominee, Why the Last Man? Um, 
Why? Because I said somebody. Who was it? Um, I'm gonna miss out on crediting somebody on Twitter. Said, uh, you know, we've been asking why the last man, but really the question should be who or something. Like that. It was great. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, why the last man? I think is actually coming out sooner than Bone. Uh, very soon on Netflix um, or something streaming the, the series adaptation uh, but of course written by Brian King Vaughn with um, art mostly by Pia Guerra um, again I also have multiple editions including those great deluxe hardbacks I would love to read why again um, and if that's your cup of tea oh by the way this survey is not an either or two you can also say yes as to all of these or three of these or whatever all right so three out of the four, third out of the fourth choice is um, I have had and have yet to finish the Secret Coders series um, from First Second, written by Gene Wen Yang, you know, favorite of the show, drawn by Mike Holmes, also somebody I'm a big fan of. Um, and it's a series of, you know, sort of Harry Potter-like, um, pretty short and quick comics, but they teach the fundamentals, the rudiments of coding. Um, principles and ideas of coding. Uh, I'll tell you, I will be reading this series and I will be reading it probably with my students um, in my class because I am teaching a literacy class, a language and literacy class that is um, trying to integrate technology and arts and in fact climate justice into our curriculum. It's a whole batch of stuff. But um, with part of that, I am going to be stretching myself this school year and trying to learn a whole lot about um, engineering and a little bit of basics of coding and scratch and all that kind of stuff with my students and so we, one of the things we'll do is we'll read secret coders together if that's of interest to you and you know i'd be able to talk about that in connection to um what i'm doing with my 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 kids um that would be fun and then the last choice that's on the ballot is runaways by rainbow Rao and um first part of that run by chris anka uh, art and then Andres Genole um, in the latter half of the run. Um, Rainbow Rowell is a well-known um, YA author and Runaways just wrapped up its 38th issue or in Marvel speak <laughs> legacy numbering is its 100th issue, 100 issues of Runaways. But basically these 38 since Rowell took over as writer um, with Chris Anka, and I think Chris Anka still does the covers, have been so fun, so fun. Uh, my daughter and I just sort of binged the last you know, couple of arcs um, and finished it up. It just wrapped up. Um, at least it wrapped up, I think, Raoul's time as writer of the book. I think it's going to move into other hands now, or at least the story suggests that. Um, so those are the four choices that I would love for you to vote on. Please do vote. Uh, please don't stuff the ballot box, but please let me know what you'd like to do because I really want comic syllabus here at Multiversity and also maybe hopefully at the Substack in the time to come um, to, to exist responsibly and to, to exist because it's, um, it's here with you, it's here for you. You make it worthwhile for me to do this. So um, anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks um, to talk about maybe some more Jeff Lemire books. Uh, maybe one of these four titles on this this long read survey. Uh, maybe uh, more about Substack. Um, yeah, definitely about comics for young adults. Definitely about our futures and, uh, and what we've got to do to 
to sustain in, the, in this world. All right, let's keep reading. Take care. Whatever um, or uh, or conversations we could have on Discord. I, is that a thing? <laughs> Whatever. So on, on a Slack, on an email chain, um, we can weave those conversations into um, our our shared enjoyment of that thing. So how are we doing this? I threw a Google survey, Google form survey together. Um, ask just a few general questions if you have ideas about the podcast or what's working for you. But I also want to put, I'm do a little bit of a vote. So for all y'all out there who are listening, um, go to the, the link in the show notes to the, the Google form. Uh, I will not sell your data. Or your in fact, you, it's not totally voluntary and optional if you even want to say who you are or, and, uh, and how I can contact you. Um, but here are the four titles that I want to throw out as possibilities and then let's spend the fall or maybe the first couple months of the fall reading this together um and you know if you don't want to then you can skip that stuff um but here were the four the first is bone um good old bone by jeff smith um, from cartoon books i have it in so many editions um and uh, fell in love with it when he was trying to publish them at image um in single issues way back in the day you know now they're in color and now they're available in libraries everywhere but um at last we're seeing an adaptation coming soon from uh, on, on netflix um from jess smith and company so um i would love to do a reread of bone if that's your taste as well you can vote for that um second offering second nominee why the last man um why because i said somebody who was it um i'm gonna miss out on crediting somebody on twitter said uh, you know we've been asking why the last man but really the question should be who or something like that it was great Uh, (laughs) and uh uh, anyway why the last man i think is actually coming out sooner than bone uh, very soon on netflix um, or something streaming the the series adaptation um, but of course, written by Brian King Vaughn, with um, art mostly by Peter Guerra. Um, again, I also have multiple editions, including those great deluxe hardbacks. I would love to read why again. Um, and if that's your cup of tea. Oh, by the way, this survey is not an either or two. You can also say yeses to all of these or three of these or whatever. All right. So three out of the four, third out of the fourth choice is um, I have had and have yet to finish the Secret Coders series um, from First Second, written by Gene Wenyang, you know, favorite of the show, drawn by Mike Holmes, also somebody I'm a big fan of. Um, and it's a series of, you know, sort of Harry Potter-like, um, pretty short and quick comics, but they teach the fundamentals, the rudiments of coding, um, principles and ideas of coding. Uh, I'll tell you, I will be reading this series and I will be reading it probably with my students um, in my class because I am teaching a literacy class, a language and literacy class that is um, trying to integrate technology and arts and in fact climate justice into our curriculum. A whole batch of stuff. But um, with part of that, I am going to be stretching myself this school year and trying to learn a whole lot about um, engineering and a little bit of basics of coding and scratch and all that kind of stuff with my students. And so we, one of the things we'll do is we'll read Secret Coders together. If that's of interest to you, and you know, I'd be able to talk about that in connection to um, 
that I'm doing with my 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 kids. Um, that would be fun. And then the last choice that's on the ballot is Runaways by Rainbow Rowell and um, first part of that run by Chris Anka, uh, Art, and then Andres Genole um, in the latter half of the run. Um, Rainbow Rowell is a well-known um, YA author and Runaways just wrapped up its 38th issue or in Marvel speak, <laughs> legacy numbering is its 100th issue, 100 issues of Runaways. But basically these 38 since Raul took over as writer um, with Chris Anka, and I think Chris Anka still does the covers, have been so fun, so fun. Um, my daughter and I just sort of binged the last you know, couple of arcs um, and finished it up. It just wrapped up. Um, at least it wrapped up, I think, Raul's time as writer of the book. I think it's going to move into other hands now, or at least the story suggests that. Um, so those are the four choices that I would love for you to vote on. Please do vote. Um, please don't stuff the ballot box, but please let me know what you'd like to do. Because I really want comic syllabus here at Multiversity and also maybe hopefully at the Substack in the time to come um, to, to exist responsibly and to, to exist because it's, um, it's here with you. It's here for you. You make it worthwhile for me to do this. So um, anyway. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks um, to talk about maybe some more Jeff Lemire books. Uh, maybe one of these four titles on this, this long read survey. Uh, maybe uh, more about Substack. Um, and definitely about comics for young adults. Definitely about our futures and, uh, and what we got to do to sustain in, in this world. All right. Let's keep reading. Take care.